Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Good morning. Welcome to Between the Stacks at the Athens Limestone County Public Library. My name is Melinda Jones and I'm the adult program and community outreach here at the library. And today I have the honor of having local author from Decatur, Alabama, Jody Green. Hello, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I am originally from Michigan. I met my husband in chiropractic school, and we own, uh, in Decatur, we own Green Life Chiropractic, so a local office. We also do weight loss. That became a little side passion of mine. And then in the meantime, between when we first opened and where we currently are, my husband and I also have an apparel printing shop. That's called Designer Tees Indicator as well. Wow, so you're just kind of all over the place then. You do a little bit of everything. Yeah, we're very well-rounded now. (laughs) Everything's kind of built on top of each other, and we've manifested to be entrepreneurs instead of just stuck in one little niche, which is what I start to talk about in our book. All right, so tell us the title of your book and a little bit about your book. It's called Purple in Prison, and it's about my journey this past year where I got stuck in a Mexican prison for 28 days and how I essentially manifested what's called the purple principles and how those tools can be used for a mindset. Wow. So were you in Mexico on vacation? What led you to be in Mexico at that time? We, my husband and I were a part of a group uh, that traveled together and did a bunch of chiropractic retreats. It would conjoin chiropractic and mindset philosophy that you could use for your patients, for your own life, whatever you wanted to apply it to. And this was going to be our second retreat with them. And we were going to Tulum. We were going to fly into Cancun, travel to Tulum. When we found this out, we heard that it was really unsafe where we were traveling through. So my husband, being born and bred in Alabama, he wanted to protect all of us, especially we hadn't ever been to Mexico before. So he calls TSA and he calls our airlines and he says, what do I need to do to protect ourselves? And they said, bring a pistol and a double lockbox. That's no problem. You just show them at the airport and you're good to go. So we followed every rule that we were told by the U.S. And the minute we got there, rules don't apply there that we were told. So we get our luggage confiscated. We get pulled over to the side. And then the rest of the story somewhat unravels in our book. Oh, my goodness. So you were the only one out of the group that got singled out. Is that correct? Yes. So my husband and I traveled by ourselves initially, and we put the pistol in our checked luggage. Well, the reason why I ended up going to prison instead of my husband, even though my husband claimed everything, said it was his, is because I had my name on the luggage from our joint card. So they said, oh, it was mine. Well, later uh, later you'll find out in the book there were some other reasons why they chose me. Uh, it's all, it was kind of set up, but you'll also find a total twist in the way that my husband and I looked at the story because 
it was purely God that protected me and put me in there instead of my husband because I know they would have killed him if he would have been put in on the men's side. So you were immediately taken to prison and you were in there for 28 days. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just an initial 28 days sentence. It was a much longer sentence. But if you find the right lawyer, what they do is they essentially barter and and you buy your time to get out. So I was told initially that I was going to get out in about two to three days, tops two weeks. Well, then come and behold, 28 days later, I, I got out. Yeah. Wow. So explain to us a little bit what it was like to be there. Walk us through that a little bit. I knew, well, I knew the moment that I was in there, that I was in there for a reason to be tested so that I could turn a horrible experience into something good so that I could give hope to other people. And so when I was in there, my whole strategic daily plan was to become the strongest mental person that I could. Every single day I would wake up and I would list what I wanted to experience. And by what I wanted to experience, I mean mentally, how was I going to become a better person? So I would write down words like hope, patience, consistent energy, things that I would anchor to to remind myself, okay, you might not be able to control what's around you or who's in your life, but you can always control how you respond. And that was my number one strategy. So every day we would wake up, there were certain chores to do. There were different roles. It's a little community in there. So there were girls that did nails. There were girls that cooked. And there were girls that cleaned other people's areas that we were responsible for. And so I knew that I didn't know Spanish and I didn't know how long I was going to be in there. And my goal was, okay, if I'm only in here two, three days, two, three days is not long enough to learn Spanish, but it's, it's enough time that I can consistently become better and build a stronger mindset. So in doing that, I would spend time around the few that did speak English in the kitchen, and I would help out as I could with cooking, and that was their way of making money. I wasn't there to make money. I was there to learn and observe. What is the mindset of these people that are are in here for two, three weeks? What is the mindset of them that are in here for 28 years? There's many women in there for many, many of years. So what are they doing to create the strongest mindset? And I would just watch and observe and write what my life was going to look like when I got out. Wow. So my uh, local book club that meets here at the L House in Athens, we just read um, the nonfiction book, The Many Lives of Mama Love. Have you? Are you familiar with that book? Uh, no. Well, her and her husband, are they're addicted to drugs. And finally, they hit rock bottom. But um, she goes into the jail and she realizes that she wants to turn her life around and she wants to get right. And she starts reading. She starts being able to look people in the eye. 
and she learns how to do different tasks in the prison and then get promoted up. And so it was a very interesting book. I'll have to it, check that it out. It definitely sparked a lot of interest in our book club and a lot of great discussions. And that's what I love about a book, when you can read a book and get so many people discussing so many different aspects. So was your husband allowed to visit you? Was he able to come and see you while you were in prison? Yes. he he. I had many angels along this whole journey, but one of the biggest blessings was that he was able to every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And so because of that, the sooner they would let him in, we essentially had until 2 to 3 o'clock every day together. And then what he would do is his role was to bring me all food and water and supplies because they gave me nothing in there. I had absolutely no water. And so that's where you'll have to read the book, of course, because there's some twists and turns with it. He wasn't allowed to bring me certain things on some days. And I found a way that I used my mind to essentially protect myself when he couldn't be there. Because I thought, okay, well, I'm a chiropractor by trade. I have a lot of different passions and knowledge in other areas, but no matter what, that is who I am. And what does it take to be a chiropractor? It takes your two hands. So if I can help people in the prison that wouldn't ever be able to get chiropractic care, I will be safe because they're not going to hurt me if I can use my hands to heal them. And so then I became known as the healing doctor. Wow, so you actually helped the ladies in there and all that. Yes. Wow. So was it mixed? Were there men and women? Was it just all women? It was. There was a huge wall between the men's and women's side. So it was all women. And we had all female guards. So we were very fortunate with that. Uh, We had about 150 to 200 women on our side. There was over 2,000 men on the men's side. But there was only a brick wall in between. And so with that being said, I could hear Fight Club every single day on the men's side. And I just knew they would go after my husband being a white American. They're going to try to go for someone that's not their own. And so that's why I would thank God every day. I'm like, if this is the worst that I have to deal with is sitting here and just being patient, then I can do that. So I guess everything here back home in Decatur just was kind of on standstill. Your chiropractic office was obviously closed, and hopefully your other businesses were still up and running. Yes, we were fortunate because we had planned to take a little bit of time off and stay in Mexico after our retreat. So I had so many days already closed with the office, and then it went into Memorial Day. So we were fortunate because Memorial Day is closed an extra day. And then it was about two weeks in in June that we essentially had to close. So after you got back home, did you have to just take a little bit of time for yourself and just kind of get yourself back together again? Looking back, I probably should have. But we got home Sunday night and I I went to work at 3 o'clock on Monday. I just, I woke up and... I said, okay, our patients have missed us. I've missed them. If I stay home and do nothing, it's just more time to swarm in a mix of emotions instead of being productive with my energy. And my thought was, well, I had prayed for 28 days 
to be back in my community, in my home. I'm not going to sit here and swell myself up with that emotion. I'm going to go and channel it and get back to work. So I went back the next day. All right. So you just hopped right back into it. Mm -hmm. So when did the idea for the book come to you? How did that come into play? Within 24, 24 hours, probably my first 24 hours, I thought, I am going to make sure that one, I protect other Americans because this is happening way more than the media is exposing. I was in there and three days before I got in there, there was another girl from Atlanta that was told the exact same thing as us, that it was safe. You could do it. And so I set out to know I was going to help other Americans not experience what I did. My other avenue with it was I wanted to create the best way to communicate that even though if you're stuck in four walls, no matter if they're the four walls we're sitting in right now, or if they're your home, if you are at work, wherever you are, if you apply certain principles of accountability to yourself, you can experience freedom no matter where you are. And so that's where the purple principles were born. And so I go through and I just started developing what is making me hold myself accountable right now. And number one was purpose. My purpose was I was supposed to sit at that time, become the best person I could, and be patient for my husband so he could get me out. Wow. I'm just, I'm amazed. So did our local news is here? Nobody here knew anything. They knew about it. We were so fortunate to have so many wonderful friends reach out to news and mainstream media. But you can't do anything. If it's just a story about a tourist going to Mexico, it wasn't anything big enough for them to truly care about. We had even called the governor. We had people that were ready to fly a plane down there and get us if we could get out real quick. We had so many good connections, but nothing got picked up. That's just unbelievable Mm -hmm. that it would not be big enough for them to pick up. So before you left, you're just thinking, hey, I'm going to go with my husband for a few days. We're going to relax. We're going to meet up with other people. Can I have this good retreat? You probably had no idea your life was about to change. I mean, you just had no idea. The only thing I knew was I was going to go on this trip and change my life. And Lord did it ever. (laughs) So I just, I had faith that this was going to be one of the biggest experiences of my life to become the person that I wanted to become. I have such big envisions to help change the world with chiropractic, wellness, mindset as a whole. And I thought, okay, this is the weekend. This is the vessel. And little did I know, yeah, we would be rerouted. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit. So, you know, men are just geared to fix it. So did this process change your husband along the way as well? We, We talk about it a lot in the book. You get to really see inside of our relationship because we wrote each other love letters. So he's completely, even though my name's on the front, I always say our because we are, we're a dynamic duo. And I always said, and he said this equally, we were indestructible before, 
but now you can't hold a torch to anything that we have together. He was, he was, we were a balancing beam. There were certain times where, okay, we knew I needed a little bit more emotional consolence. There was other times that I knew I needed to give him some of my energy to pick him up and keep him focused. And so every single day we would check in with each other and say, okay, who's stronger today? Who's weaker today? Who do we need to fuel our mentality energy to? And he was, he was my angel. So the other ladies, when you left, could you tell that they were sad to see you go? Yes and no. There was the ones that I stayed with in the kitchen. They were what you would call your friends uh-huh. that you sat, you ate lunch and dinner with, and you played cards with. Now, the ones in my cell and the other ones around, they never even wanted to learn English. So I would sit come 5 o'clock at night until 7 a.m., and I would just be by myself and with my notebook and pen. I was going through about one pen a day with that much ink because I was just writing, and I was manifesting how I was going to bring my message and my story to the world. And so when it came time to leave, all my friends were in other cells, and that's when it was really sad, where it's like, okay, you know you're never going to see each other again, and you're protecting each other every single day while you're there, but they're also so equally happy for you and for anyone who gets out that it doesn't even matter. There were girls that never even spoke to me, and everyone cheers each other on when you're leaving. Wow. Because that's the end goal for everyone is to get out of there. So did you see a lot of people get to get out as you were there? When you were there, did you witness? Probably, I would say probably eight to ten girls got out. One of them being my closest friend who was from Atlanta that I write about in there. Um, She got out almost two weeks before me. And so that one, that day was a hard day because it was like I should be going with her. She's going back home where I want to go. But again, I it's all transformational. I knew every single day there had to be a miracle at the end of this. And I talk about miracles a lot because if you don't believe, the universe can't provide. And so I knew if I would sit there and be negative about how bad the situation was, all I was going to get was more time in there. So I would only focus on what the positives were. Okay, I'm safe. No one has harmed me. I can still see my husband three days a week. He's working as hard as he can. He has not left me and gone back to, meaning gone back to the U.S. Uh He's staying here in Mexico with me. I had so many things going for me. And so that's what I kept anchoring back to. So I have to ask this question. Do you think you'll ever go back to Mexico? I would love to answer that. And you have to read the book. Okay. Okay. Because I already went back. You did? Yes. Yes. I went back two weeks later. The resort we were supposed to stay at wouldn't refund us our money. And so we said, you know what? Let's go back. Let's use this up. Because I had about two to three weeks until I had another Zoom call with their legal system. 
And so I knew I could still come and go as I pleased because nothing else was finalized with my case. And so it was one of those crazy moments. You look back and you're like, I can't believe you did that. But I really feel like that's why I don't have the trauma people expect me to have because I put myself out there to say, okay, you've checked the boxes this time. You haven't brought a pistol. You know everything that there is to know about crossing the borders and you're safe. You know where you're going. So my husband and I went and it was very therapeutic because we were able to have five days where it was just the two of us. There was nobody else calling saying, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Wanting just information to know, to know drama. And it was a way for us to anchor him basically, how are we both doing? And then we came back, but now I won't go back. (laughs) I had my other court case. I'm good. Okay. You're good now. So, well, you're right. That probably was good for y'all to have that time because you're right. Sometimes when we have friends going through situations, we kind of tend to want to horn in on that drama side. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was little whispers around town like, oh, maybe you you should go and see a therapist And I would just kind of sit there and say, thank you, God, you got my back because you know what? I don't need therapy. I created my own therapy sessions. Every day I was developing the purple principles. Well, I'm excited and I hope that you will go out and share these principles with with everyone, I think from kids to adults and who knows who you can help along the way. And that's that's probably a big plan and purpose of why you wrote the book is not only to help yourself, but to help others. So Exactly. Well, as we kind of wind our time down now, I do have to ask a fun book question. So are you reading a book right now that you're really enjoying? And do you have a favorite author? My favorite author is Mel Robbins. She is a big staple in my vision of where even I'm going. Because I look back at her journey and she's so transparent about her bumps along the way. She owns her mistakes. She doesn't run from anything. But she also equally looks at consistency and health and making sure that you're doing the work to become the best you can. Because it's not easy when you want to change your mindset. It's not easy changing your habits. But if you apply consistency, that is one thing I've learned from her through all the years with her podcast, with her books, and the five-second rule has changed my life. Um, So her newest book is next on my list. Um, I'm actually rereading the 10X rule right now with Grant Cardone. I like to re-familiarize myself with different mindset books. So that's one of my passions. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming today and sharing your story. And I hope that we've got readers that are going to be suspenseful enough that want to go out and purchase Jody's book. And she will be at our local Shop Small Saturday business event on November 25th at the Athens State College Launchbox. We have uh, right now about 30 local authors that are going to participate. And Jody will be there uh, selling and signing her books. So I hope everyone will stop in that day from 9 to 2. We'll 
We'll get out of there before it's ball game time so everybody can go home and watch the ball game. But we will be there. And the address is 121 North Marion Street here in Athens, Alabama on the square. And it's the Athens State College Launchbox. So thank you very much. Thank you for coming today. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope that you can come out. My husband and I will be there. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that with us. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.